and welcome to another uh, Energy Crew podcast with me, your host, J.P. Warren. And uh, before we begin, uh, you can find Energy Crew on any podcast room platform. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends uh, if you like it. Don't tell them if you don't like it. You know, that's I think that's important. I think that's important. Uh, don't spread bad news, spread good news. Um, and uh, I'm very excited to be recording this today. Um, uh, as, as I was saying before, I was a little bit nervous about this, uh, but I always I'm, that's how I live. I always stay nervous. You know what I mean? I've been doing a on lot of podcasts. On the I am sitting here with... <laughs> a wonderful person, woman who has crushed her career and who serves as uh, the, uh, she was at Schlumberger for over 33 years, okay? Now she's the CEO at DPM Alliance Energy and also the first black female president, right? Of the Petroleum Club of uh, Houston. And the second woman. The second woman. What's taking so long? How come it's, uh, what's taking so long? Well, we got here as fast as we could. But um, Nell, who's very active and was with Shell, was a female, the first female president almost a decade ago. Really? And there's never been an African-American on the board, let alone be president. So we're just kind of knocking through those ceilings and breaking through those walls. So what was that like for you, I guess, the process? I mean, did did you uh, ask to be the president or was it like, what was that process well, like I for actually you? was asked. There, There is a process. Of course, you have to serve on the board. Mm-hmm. And I've been a member for years, um, bringing clients up here yeah. and um, always inviting groups and community groups that I'm with to to lease out the space for deb- debutante balls or for their parties. So kind of that member that never really went to any meetings. And I got a call from um, someone that was on the board and said, we want you to run for the board. And I thought, this is Paula Harris. Did you dial the wrong number? I've, I've not been active in the governance of the Petroleum Club. And so that was four years ago. I ran for the board. I made it. I served on finance. I've served on the governance committee, um, served as a vice president, served under during COVID last year under excellent president, Jim Luke, who kind of guided us through. And we that's got to be such oh, a tough that time. That was a tough time. So uh, after, you know, our talking with banks and talking with our landlord and going through all of the COVID, you know, layoffs, yep, yep. Uh, Jim felt that I was uh, I, I was ready and a good candidate. So um, I was um put up for president and I ran unopposed. Congratulations. And I'm so excited. So I just joined the Petroleum Club of Houston. All right. I did. And, um, great. Yes, of course. That's uh, so I've been, I've been utilizing the Petroleum Club to do a lot of podcasts, Mm -hmm. uh, as, as you know, obviously, and I've had a lot of great guests, a lot of great conversations. And that's one thing that kind of always uh, takes me back about the Petroleum Club. It doesn't take me back, but it's like, every time I come up here, I don't want to leave. No, it's it's just it's good people. It's great food. It's excellent drinks. Now that we have our new bartender, and you talk about oh, it's we fun. we just did it. I did a podcast with Nick Gorey with uh, Earthstone um, Energy, and we we're sitting there having some Eagle Rare Seventeen, smoking cigars <laughs> during the podcast. I mean, I, what I love about it is the fact that it's like you know, like the, there's obviously a. a, a a stereotype or a stigma that comes mm-hmm. with this place. It's, you know, the, you know, the old uh, white dudes, with, you know, gray hair, you know what I mean? And that's it. It's, it, but it's really not that there's my wife and I, we're going to go to that uh, seafood now, the new England seafood. Night. There's was a phenomenal. <laughs> we had no AC. We had no AC. So my wife's like, you think I'm gonna get ready in 85 degrees? Exactly. Not, you think this, I'm get ready not this time of year. You put on makeup. No, yeah, exactly. Wine dinners are the best. 
I always bring groups up here. I had my interns up here for Lobster Fest last year, which they they it blew them away. So young people, old people, invite me to that next I, time, please. I tell you, we have some excellent events, and of course, um, our our big event coming up we're going to talk about is of course our seventy fifth anniversary. I was going to hold off on that, but let's talk about that. Let's well, bring let's it up talk now. Talk about that. So that this is so this is the seventy seventy fifth anniversary of the Petroleum Club of Houston years with the Petroleum Club and. You know, I'm just kind of going along thinking, oh, this is wild. This is historic. I've always wondered and wanted to understand more about the history of Houston. I was an engineering major. And now that I'm getting to be more senior, I'm so interested in history and, and government, you know. And so I um, called, I actually reached out to the grandson of the founder, Bob Smith. Really? Reached out to his grandson and just reached out, hey, I'm the president. Let's look at ways that you can be involved with the 75th. It blew my mind. What? He talked about, he couldn't believe I was president. He, the work that his grandfather did in civil rights in Houston, with the Houston Planning Commission, making sure women were on boards. 75 years ago, so, in the 50s. So pretty much 40s. his grandson is hearing his his grandfather's, I guess, uh, drive and, and mission, purpose, whatever you want to call it. And he's seen that come to fruition 75 like, years later. 75 years later, we have a black female president, and this is what my grandfather was fighting for. So we're going to do this whole How thing. How was that for you to hear that? Oh, my God. It was. It, it really it gave me goosebumps it, because that's not what I expected. I, you know, History is history, and I'm I'm not one for whitewashing history. And right, right, right. You can call it whatever you want. There were some terrible things that happened in history, but there are just like everywhere in the world, there's some great stories that historically happened with all people, and all races, and all socioeconomics. And those stories must be told too. Right? Yes, I, I completely and agree. So I um it it really was it it I'm so excited to get him integrated as part of the reunion to really tell his grandfather's story. Yes, he was a huge oil man, but he did uh, some phenomenal things with diversity, some phenomenal things down at the border with um, with migrant workers. I mean, some really, really heartwarming stories that we're going to be able to tell, along with his ability to make a bunch of money in a great industry. Don't you? So being don't, able to weave that in. Don't is you so love hearing that? Like back in the day, like you know, people that you you, you would historically think like weren't weren't involved in the civil rights movement or Absolutely. weren't involved in diversity and all that stuff. And next thing you know, like you hear a story about them, like oh my god, they were leading like Frank Sinatra. Oh, like yeah. he wouldn't uh, perform oh, yeah. um, because people wouldn't let black people. Oh, uh, absolutely. And, and, and so he would stop. He wouldn't perform there. He'd kind of boycott. I think Elvis did the same thing. Well, I worked for Slumberjay for 33 years, and the Slumberjay family came to Houston from Europe and just did some miraculous things in during the civil rights movement that, you know, you don't think about that because, you know, it's rich, white, European family. Yep that donated um, the Rothko Chapel or, or the obelisk in front of the Rothko Chapel in the name of Martin Luther King in yeah. the city of Houston. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful sculpture. So it's there and it's not part of the city because the city wouldn't accept it because they would only donate it to the city and, uh, in, in honor of Martin Luther King. Okay. So the arts. So I mean, so it's it's stuff it's crazy, like this yeah. that, that you know you you have to tell the whole story. And people who don't want to tell the true story about some of the terrible things that happened, you know, uh, on slavery or how people were treated, Jim Crow. People, no, let's not talk about that. Let's just say they were working and having fun. <laughs> you know, you don't want to tell that story. You ha that story has to be told, but the other side does too. 
or, it's or, or human or, kindness has to be told. And then also you hear the you hear the opinion of like, well, that was you know over 150 years ago. Get you know, it's like, well, it's still history. Uh, it's still history. You still, it's still history. I mean, you're learning about a lot of stuff. You learn about the you know the Holocaust. Absolutely. You still have to teach it, Absolutely. whether it's X number of years. And ago. if it's two generations ago, you know, it's still affecting me if my grandmother lived that life, right? Because yeah. that, that's who I am. Well, you notice so. a lot of those uh, still right, but they're always in black and white pictures to make people feel that they're that long ago. But it's like it wasn't that long it ago. It wasn't that long. It really ago. wasn't. And and a lot of the stories and the pictures we will see as part of the 75th will be in black and white. And they weren't that long ago. Right. Um, when you think about some of the true legends that came through here and all the big governors and everyone was part of this industry, part of this community, part of the oil field family. And those pictures are in black and white. And you realize, hey, 75 years ago was not that long. It ago. really wasn't that long ago. So. Let's talk about the 75 year thing. All right. It's obviously we're, we're, we're coming up to a new uh, chapter in the Petroleum Club history, right? Absolutely. We got Absolutely. you here. Okay. You're running, you're, 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 you're guiding the boat, leading the boat. Tell me about the, I guess the, the do you feel the Petroleum Club has, I guess the, the, the old stigma about the, first off that stigma, like I'm going to say this, this is my opinion. That, that old stigma about the old white dudes with hair and all that stuff. No, but of course you see some some of Absolutely. those here, but it's not Absolutely. like, I'm seeing a lot of young people. I'm seeing a lot of like people that aren't just in oil and gas. I'm seeing lawyers, I'm seeing- Doctors, yeah. you see bankers. And so people who are in the industry or on the fringe of the industry or invested in the industry, anyone. And definitely we have made a huge, huge commitment to bring youth yeah. and, and young folks in. Our Young Professional Association is very active. We have this new program where we're bringing in um, um, masters, MBA students, law students, not just graduating yeah. PhD students with a, um, a promotion that we're doing where they get a really, really reduced or even free uh, for a year. And we just ask them to come and use the club and just really trying to bring in this youthful um, culture and let people know that as we are still the Petroleum Club of Houston, but we are all about energy. So there are renewable companies that we mm -hmm. are inviting, folks that are doing startups with, you know, if it's solar, if it's wind, we know that it's going to take all types of energy to get us through the next 50 years. I agree. Um, and we also are very aware of all of the positive things this industry has done around the globe. You know, the countries with high gross domestic product, they they have access Lifespan, to clean, medicine, yep, energy. Yep. That we know we have built the world. But we also know that things are, there will be a transition, not a fast transition. So we need all of the top kids in technology, top scientists to help us to balance, get through this transition, and yet remain um, in, well environmentally friendly, right? Right. And so this is something we do hand in hand. This isn't us versus them. This isn't, you know, coal versus solar and oil and gas versus... I'm so over that you know, talk. I'm so over that, right? This We all have to get in together. And I think we are in together. We have to be. The people that say that we're not in it together is pretty much the people that are writing the news. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. They're saying fossil yep. fuels versus yep. renewables. It's like, it's I'm like, not versus. No, we're all one big happy providing energy, providing... Um, you know, governments and, and continents with the ability to grow and people with the ability to have a great quality yes. of life. That's what we do. So what energy are you bringing to the Petroleum Club of coming out of the gate? You know, you're here, you're sitting there, president. It's COVID's, look, COVID's going to be here, but it's the, the, the shock and the, and the slowdown is over, right? 
So um, I'm excited. So uh, meeting, talking with, you know, Sheree and talking with Jeff Allen, all that stuff, like the, there's energy here. There's definitely there's a definite certain vibe here. here. It's a new, it's a, it's a new thing. And, you know, we talk about the, the energy transition, the petroleum club transi transition. So bringing us all together and it's a balance and making sure there's nothing that's disruptive and no, no tension um, between the, the youth and our seniors and making sure that everyone understands that we all need to be here. Yep. And that's been an easy part. Um, raising a lot of money right now. I do a lot of money calls. Is because, that is that easier these days? Uh, you know, this is a this has always been a given industry, and we we have set some big goals for our seventy fifth anniversary. So we have some uh, our tables are at twenty grand a piece, and we want folks to either go in together and just have a phenomenal time. The um, in the book about the Petroleum Club, the best in the land, they detail the grand opening party that you know the premier party when they opened it. So was that over there at the Exxon Building? No, it was at the Rice Hotel. It was at the Rice Hotel. So yes. Um, Whoa. We were um, our first real home was at the Rice Hotel, and so um, it was covered by the Chicago Tribune. It, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Houston Papers. People flew in from all over for the grand opening. And so we want a grandiose um, event again where we have uh, the who's who from the industry. We're going to be honoring a lot of the titans and giants from the industry. Wow. We're going to be talking about the history of uh, the industry and the club and, and have some of those folks engaged in the whole process. So really, really excited. And we want everyone to be there. I think that's so awesome. And also look, you know, just thinking about this, I mean, you're making history, you know what I mean? So it's gonna be the 75th year, you know, you're gonna have you as the president, we honor all these people. And you know, in, in 75 years, and look back, like, oh, yeah, the 75th year, you know, the Paula Harris was, was isn't that crazy? Is that nuts? That's it's amazing. Nuts. Like you're leaving like a legacy. Well, that's what I hope to do. I really do. I want um, all, you know, I'm one of my, I, I like to be a role model for, for girls or, or little kids of color or kids from Sunnyside. I'm right from the south side of Houston to say anybody can do this. This is easy work. You know, you, you just put, you just get, you know, get that engineering degree. Oh, yeah. Go, so everyone know. listening out there, it's just <laughs> easy to go get a petroleum engineer degree right now. Work 33 years in a global, for a global company. And it, it, it takes hard work and determination, but it's so obtainable. And so kids look to folks and say, I want to do that. I want to be that. And they like to see people that look like them to really see yeah. it. So I like being that one that you can look at and say, Hey, I can do that. That's awesome. And I tell them, yes, you can. And Absolutely. so we're going to get in, we're going to talk about your background here in a little bit. Like I, I, I kind of want to keep talking about the trunk, but now okay. they're on the subject. So, so, you know, you're mentioning this, like this, this, this grand party, this grand party for 75th. Yes. We're here talking about the 75th anniversary and, and, and the party that's coming up and the celebration. Um, but I, I, I kind of want to talk about other stuff too. It's like, you know, for people that are not aware about the Petroleum Club, it's not like there's like a one seating dinner or a lunch every month for AAD. You know what I mean? There's there's events here literally every week. Every day there are events. And, and we invite all of our um, 
like all of our energy or even non-energy yeah. related meetings, lunches. We have some beautiful spaces overlooking the city, overlooking all the sports um, venues here in, in town from the th- 35th floor of oh, the yeah. Total building. So we invite anyone, weddings, we do a lot of weddings or receptions or... Um, but even for the members, I mean, there's 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 New England Seafood Night, there's, there's oh wine nights, there's scotch nights, there's... This weekend is country and western night. Yeah, you know? get your boots. I get saw that. Get your boots. Do during the rodeo, we may have a rodeo wine dinner where we feature all the wines. For rodeo uncorked, yeah. Rodeo uncorked. Um, we have a huge, the, the most fun wine dinner is the American versus French wines. Ooh. And so they, they pour the wines in brown paper bags. Okay. Like that's some a, of us are that's how I drink that. my wine. That's how I drink my wine. <laughs> that's exactly what so I do. So you can't see the bottle and you have to guess, you know, where the grape is from. And so it's a big night, a fun night. We have all types of speaker series. Our last speaker series was Alex, Alex Epstein. Epstein. That's right. The moral case of fossil fuels. The moral case of the fossil fuels. The fact that that guy was, was was pulled was that was that a sipes thing or was that an eighty whatever it no, was no that was a that was a petroleum a club, distinguished speaker distinguished speakers series the fact that y'all got, I mean that I got, so I mm-hmm. got his book on Audible I was listening mm-hmm. to it. I did it's too. phenomenal phenomenal it phenomenal really is work. and so a lot of sometimes we may have elected officials come and talk about policy yeah. but those are our um, if, open or you can be invited by a guest. We have some phenomenal, phenomenal speakers once, twice a month. I think the best way for people to see kind of the activities and kind of see what's offered here is like, I highly recommend all the listeners out there, check out their Instagram. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. easy. It's, it's, you can kind of scroll through the past and kind of find out what historical things are there. And, and it's, it's, it's fun. And it's that's the thing. Like, I mean, you, there's a lot of young blood here. There's a lot of um, people that are, that respect the old school mm-hmm, uh, oil field, mm-hmm. but also want to bring a new energy to it. And and I, I would say our members, our board, are are more mature. We are so excited about this new energy coming in. I mean, COVID was tough for everyone. Oh yeah. And and to be shut down as long as we were, you know, to see folks coming up and us having another mixologist bartender and see these guys hanging out in the bar before the Astros games, our young. Younger members, we 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 look forward to that. It's and what like, a cool spot too to like entertain your buddies or like customers too. Oh it's my like, gosh. Oh, we're going to the baseball oh game. Man, let's go to the Petroleum Club. And the specials and the the and it, you know we have some great opportunities to get in as a member. Um, call really you can reach out to Sheree on Instagram or on on social media. Uh, our membership. Um, membership at PCOH.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so it's a great time to come in at a, at a low cost and, um, and let me just, let me kind just, of check it out for you Let me you just here. tell this to all these people out there listening right now. If okay. you're curious about Petroleum Club or the process to get involved in all this stuff and you see that little, you know, reference or referral thing, it's it's an easy process. Easy process. It's a fun process. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Don't be, don't be intimidated by no, that. Don't be intimidated. Oh, I don't know two members. So what? No, you're no. going to be, you're going to be a member. So just, you know, just, you know yourself. Absolutely. So that's exciting. So 75 years, and it's, and this is going to be in October. October 29th. October 29th. Which is a Friday. We didn't want to conflict with any of the UT or Texas A&M or LSU football games, SEC, Big 12, and okay. all that good stuff. Um, so it's a Friday night. Um, there will be excitement from when you park your car. I mean, you know, really? we're going to have it laid okay. out like 75 years I ago. That. So we are really excited about even putting together the party. And... Um, 
There's, we're, we're, we have some new announcements coming out mid-August of the folks we're honoring and some of the extra things that we're going to be doing. So um, start, just keep following, keep following us on Instagram and, and get your friends and, and there's going to be a way for everybody to enjoy it. My main question is this, okay, about the Petroleum Club today, in today's environment. Mm-hmm. When is Wind Down Wednesday going to start again? Wind Down Wednesday. That was the, let me explain something about Wind Down Wednesday. Me, as the president, I think I will make an order. Let I me will. explain something about Wind Down Wednesday. <laughs> Wind Down Wednesday was the best out there. So for those out there that don't know, uh, uh, every Wednesday before COVID, uh, Petroleum Club had some great wines mm-hmm. and really mm-hmm. great prices too, kind of like wholesale prices. Exactly, exactly. And I would come up here, uh, it was like me and like JB Self yep. and uh, Andrew Taylor, like a, a bunch of like buddies of mine. We customers, you know, friends mm-hmm. of our customers. Mm-hmm. We'd come up here and we would have a great time. It's, it was like in the fall, so yep, you had the yep. early sunset. Nice, nice. It was sunset. wonderful. We'll have to start that. We got to bring that back. I will make a decree. Okay, well, you, heard, <laughs> we'll, you heard it here we'll, on we'll Energy Crew. We I'm, have started Steak Night Thursdays. So Steak Night Thursdays is back, and great, great deal on a great steak and some good wine. And matter of fact, today is Thursday. I may just stick around for it. Man, I'm gonna stick around for a little lunch too. <laughs> so don't don't threaten me with a good time. So look, I wanted to come back to Petroleum Club, but I want to talk about you a little bit, um, if that's all right. Because uh, I was listening to your stuff on Flipping the Barrel, and I, I looked at your uh, featured uh, posts on um, on uh, LinkedIn. I just have to say, wow. Oh, like, thank you. No, I mean I'm I'm being very serious. Like so like. You grew up in Houston. Um, you went to Texas A&M because your father would only pay for a petroleum engineer because that was the highest paid job, right? It, it was so, so said on the front of the Chronicle or the Post every Sunday they would have the, a listing of the highest paid jobs. Petroleum was always on top. So dad said, I don't care where you go to college. You can have, because I think I was saying, I want to be a fashion design, maybe an accountant, but I was good in math and science. Yeah. Because you are going to, I'm paying for a petroleum engineering degree at Texas A&M because he heard that was the best. So I hurriedly found out, had to find out what is a petroleum. I'd never met a petroleum engineer. Neither had he or a geologist or a landman. I had no idea so you engine. grew up in Houston. You weren't exposed at all to the oil and gas no, industry. No, I not went, and so that's why it's so important to me to send kids to camps and to sponsor these kind of things. When I was with Slumberjay, for kids to get um, access and and exposure to engineering and to technology and to the oil industry, had none. None. My father was HPD and we did good because everybody needed uh, the the you know in the seventies. This town was really bustling. And so security was a, a big need right. because of the oil industry being such a busting place. So, Still is. So it affected my life, but I never, ever knew what, you know, I would put gas in our cars. That's all I That's knew That's kind of what I industry. knew too before I got in the industry. <laughs> exactly. And it's actually like, you know, once I got in, because I grew up in Connecticut mm-hmm. and I had no idea about the industry. My first uh, interview was at Noble Energy. I mean, Noble Drilling, mm-hmm. and I went to Noble Energy's office. That's how little I knew about it. And they're like, sir, you're the wrong Noble. And I had to go from Guns Point pretty much all the way down to Sugar Land. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I knew nothing about it, but it's the people that keep me here. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the mm-hmm. day, besides, yes, though, we provide, you know, affordable energy. Da, 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 it's the people. It's, it's the community. The yeah. And community is big to you. It's huge. So when did that, I guess, start with you, the, the, the realization? And when we're talking about community, we're not just talking about, you know, a, 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 a point on a map. Mm-mm. We're talking about something grander than that, kind Absolutely. of the connections with people. Absolutely. So Absolutely. when did that, I guess, uh, become such an issue uh, to you? So probably very, very early in my career. I've always kind of mentored. I've always kind of looked back and thought, you know, where else can I help young 
kids. Um, it really took off um, because you're working on your own career and you're working on your own family and all that stuff. But about um, 12, 13 years ago, Slumberjay was moving its headquarters to um, Houston, Texas from New York okay. because, you know, everybody's on the Internet now. You can, and this is where our clients were. And so I reached out to our CEO at the time and I said, listen, you know, I'm been kind of working in project management and I've been in operations, sales training, been around the world a couple of times with Slumberjay, but I serve on a couple of boards here in Houston, the Ensemble, Project Row House, the Hester House, local community boards that I just got involved in through the years. I said, so if we if we move here, we need a bigger community presence, Slumberjay does, and, and I'd be willing to um, direct that. And okay. so, you know, I'm sure he was like, and who is this? <laughs> and so I met with our um, North American HR manager, who now I'm pretty, I'm really good friends with. And we worked out a deal and I took over all of our community engagement and went from Houston to national to a, a global ESG director. So how do you pick out, I guess, the, um, and the fir first off, I think that's phenomenal because a lot of times during ESG, people just focus on the E. Yeah. You know, yep, there's not yep. a lot of S, not a lot of G. Yep. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. Capital E, lowercase all. s, lowercase g, and, mm -hmm. I, and I, I love the fact that yeah, I mean that stuff's important. We've been doing that as an industry, though. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like a lot of companies these days are literally just kind of re-promoting what we've been doing. You know, and yep. that to me, that's not ESG. You know what I mean? The, but the, when you're taking it to the communities and getting involved in the communities, I think that's extremely important. Um, I think that shows great uh, industry presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm gonna tell you what else. As a service con company. And and because I think you are, we are more powerful as a community or as a, as an industry together. I spend a lot of time talking to BP, talking with Exxon, okay. working with Chevron in Moscow, you know, in, in Russia, to to come up with programs that were really impactful and the things we could do together. And so when you do that, it's great for me. There's buying. Yes, I'm a I'm a service company, so I'm providing value to our clients by helping and, 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 and integrating our social efforts. But at the same time, you really can be impactful. And all of us had the same STEM hats on, you know. So all of us working together was much more stronger if we, we came in and put in a fab lab or came in and did camps or yeah. came in and partnered with National Society of Women Engineers, Black Engineers, Hispanic Engineers, you know, to, to really introduce, be impactful, to introduce this next generation of um, kids um, to STEM. Well, speaking of that, well, first off, that's a great segue to my, not next question, but the question after my next okay. question. Okay. How do you pick, I guess, or what drives you to, and and also, where would you spend more? Like, how do you pick the 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 the, the, the communities and the charities and and uh, I guess uh, the, the, to serve? And where would you if you if you had more time? Because you're a very very busy woman. If you had more time, where would you? I guess where would you want to? I guess uh, uh, venture further in. Well, I tell you, um, probably in the places where we've started laying the seeds, and 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 that's the com the. The corporate side of me, because I did have a global um, view of things, you know, we set our framework to make sure we added value to the places where we work. Right. So you go into certain places. So those are all the fun, gorgeous, 
oil towns, right? <laughs> Whether yeah, it's like, it's, is, like, it's like, why can't they find like oil in Paris <laughs> or like, like Capri, you know, like Capri, Italy? No, no we have to find it in like some yes. rough places. Yes, yeah. we've been, and, and the villages and the towns. So you build this framework, this social framework around your business model, right? And so we've done some phenomenal things. One story I love is going into this um, small town in Mexico and training our staff, you know, I had someone go down there and train our staff on robotics. And for three years in a row, these kids out of this town, they they won at, the, at their local level, they won at their regional level, and I would fly them in to go to the international competition for robotics because they were the team in Mexico. How impactful is that? How impactful. Because not only these, this team that kept coming, these kids that kept coming, but the, the whole community rallying around them. And, and of course, when they hit the States, I'd bring them to Sugar Land first and I'd have someone get them, really get them ready. So you're off of Highway 90 right there. I was actually at, uh, no, but that's where I had a lot of my okay. folks were down okay. there. I was I was on San Felipe at our corporate okay. office. But I, I've even accompanied them one time, you know, along with the folks that got them ready in Mexico and my team that got them ready once they got here and made sure they're all dressed alike and have their theme and have their presentation ready and then go into Kentucky and 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 compete against kids in from Asia and from Europe. What an you know? unbelievable experience! So just doing that for three years in a row, watching this little you know town that we had offices in impact the whole country of Mexico, and 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 the government would be around them, you know, rallying around this team. And to me, I mean, to me, a lot of people when they put their time and effort in something, they want to see. Uh, something come back. They want to see some financial monetary thing come back. You know what I mean? Like if I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm doing this, I better be making money from this or I better be da, da, da. The, But the fact you're doing that and, and, and taking so much time. Long term results that thir- the next 20, 30 years is going to pass anyway. So is it going to pass with kids that you have impacted that may not even come to work for you? But they talked about you. They remember when, what Slumberjay did. They remember and they went to college and their roommate said, I'm getting ready to go interview with this company. And I said, go interview. They know that company sponsored me in my school. This is what it, you have to recognize that the technology that is needed for anything we touch and the, the things that haven't been invented are going to come from this next generation. Yeah. And they're going to look very differently from the last. So we have to invest in them. We have to make sure that this next generation of diversity of fifty percent is girls. We can't; they cannot be left out um, here in the in the states. Um, brown and black children are going to be a, close to fifty percent of the population. They cannot be left behind. You have to invest in them so that they'll be ready to take on the challenges of tomorrow. I love that. And so I think as companies, we are now seeing that this is part of the framework. This is a great business decision. Long now, these kids aren't going to come to work for us to make money for us tomorrow. Right, right. <laughs> but the ability to for them to um, change their community or or change their family's trajectory is kind of what we need for our success tomorrow. So, during your time at Schlumberger, um, when you were obviously your plate was full, you decided to take on other challenges such as writing books. I mean, you're talking about so. You're talking about, you know, impacting children, right? So they grow up, you know, I love the, I love the fact you're not looking a year down the road. You're looking 20 to 30 years because it's coming regardless. regardless. I love, I love, I love that mindset, the mind frame you have. You wrote two, two books and one of them was geared towards children, which I love because, you know, I have a daughter and um, she's, 
you know, she's very creative. She's very, she likes building. I don't know where she, you know, she didn't get it from me. But um, <laughs> so one book you did, you said, when I grow up, I want to be an engineer. And you released that in 2006. Mm -hmm. can, can you, can you, I guess, what, talk to me about, I guess, the, the motivation to write that and kind of what, what's going on with that now? So I, um, I think both, you know, both the books I wrote, I was looking for that book. I'm going to get to the second book. I'm going to no, get to the second book. Just, so, so this is how I write. I'm looking for that book and I can't find it. And I'm like, let me write this book. I'm looking for a book to encourage and to, to expose um, kids, all kids to engineering. And so I couldn't find a book that had the right amount of diversity, that had the right, you know, the right language. So I wrote the book. And this book has been translated into four different languages. We have we have distributed, Slumberjay has distributed close to 200,000. The Girl Scouts, the uh, Children's Museum, the Offshore Energy Museum, they ask for them by the hundreds and thousands because they pass them out yeah. as part of training, as part of their, you know. And so I wrote it, Slumberjay, you know, I had, I, 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 I um, published it, self-published it myself. And then I just have Slumberjay make a million copies and we give it away free. Talk, I mean, and that's the thing too, is like, it's, I mean, God, I mean, just imagine who's reading that book right now and what's going to happen in, you know, 20, 18 years. You know what so I mean? It touches me every time when someone comes to me and say, I read your book to my little girl and now she's saying she wants to be an engineer. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's right. That, that's, that's, I mean, that I got chills. Me. I mean, that, I can only imagine time. that. And it, it has happened so many times, but it really was because at that age, I had no clue. You know, and so I want kids to have, you know, access and, and education and exposure to a multiple, multiple degrees or multiple opportunities or careers. And that's just one that's always left out. And so when I was working I with the, um, the person that I had doing the, the, the pictures and the graphics on it, um, you know, they kept sending me back with, you know, one little um child of color one little black kid and i was like no i want the whole book this to isn't be a, yeah this isn't a brochure girls. for a yes, university this is not the brochure <laughs> i want the entire book to be completely diverse um and 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 have kids with disabilities and kids with that are different you know and you did and you releases in 2006 that's pretty forward thinking of you i did i did so that was um part of uh, a project, a program that I did, um, which was giving out backpacks, right? And yeah. I wanted a certain book in the backpack and I couldn't find the book. So I wrote the book. But since then, we took the whole, uh, we, I did a museum size display. And I, I'm actually, it's funny because Slumberjay, every Slumberjay employee in Houston, in Texas, because we drive that thing everywhere. And it's six feet uh, tall, it's 12 feet wide. And it has scenes from the books. And I it, saw that, yeah. So, so what happens, and I haven't used it or been around it or, you know, since retirement, but I had the Society of Petroleum Engineering uh, from Lafayette, the Lafayette chapter, reach out to me and say, can you bring that? Uh, we heard about this museum display and we want you to come and talk to our chapter and go into a school. And this is just like old times, right? <laughs> I would always say, I really don't have time to go into schools, but I have some great people who know this book inside and out who will do it for you. And so I am actually going to go into Lafayette, um, I think in October. Really? I am. And and speak at the at the um, section chapter of S Society of Petroleum Engineering and then go into a school with them and, and the display in the book and give it out. I always love I always love um, people in our industry that because, you know, we, 
we're very proud industry. You know, mm-hmm. we love beating our chest. We mm-hmm. love, you know, oil field, oil field, oil field. But it's like, I love the, I mean, but the thing is though, there's like a lot of stuff out there that's anti oil field and all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Whatever. I'm not getting on that soapbox. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is like, whenever I talk to someone uh, in our industry that, that are, you know, extremely successful and like, and, the, and then also I found out the writing a children's book, like you, for mm-hmm. example, I mean, it's not like you weren't, you weren't doing anything in 2006. You know what I mean? You took the time <laughs> to write this children's book, get it published. It's not easy. I talked to Tyler Thomason over at Encore Permian. He's writing a children's book about energy. You know what I mean? I talked to Kyle Wagner and he's got like four books right now, like Goodnight Combine, Goodnight Drilling Rig, O's mm-hmm. for Oilfield. And like that to me is such an important piece because look, we can sit here and talk to our neighbors or, you know, people at church or whatever about the oil and gas industry. You know what I mean? But the fact is, I mean, you're uh, you're shedding light and knowledge on the, the next generation. And I just think that's so powerful and so impactful and cool. It's cool. I dig it. it. It's so, it's fun. It's what I do. I, um, last two weekends ago, I, um, we have a ranch down in Egypt, Texas, and we do this, you know, edu agriculture thing where, you know, schools come down and, and um, we provide. To your ranch? Uh-huh. And so, and I do, tours and they ride horses and cows and, and do hay rides and swim and basketball along with, you know, oh my God. And, and little kids, you know, it's like, how do you spell hay? Touch hay. How do you spell pig? Look at the pig. You know, so we have this whole education thing that I've been putting together down there since retirement. But there's the biggest solar farm in the state of Texas in El Campo, which is so I okay. took a busload of kids down there and really gave them a balanced um presentation on, you know, energy, yeah. you know, and, and what all oil and gas and, you know, and, and talked about the freeze and how when you flip that switch, you want like oh, this to is come recent. on. This okay. was, no, this was two weeks ago. And so, so I give them a really balanced approach on, on the transition and yeah. here's what a solar farm looks like. And here's what, you know, oil and gas lease looks like, cause we have it all down there. So it's so important that kids not run to college and say, oh, we want to divest in, in oil and gas. No, you still want to turn, flip that switch. You, you want heat during the, <laughs> during the winter time. Uh, yes. You want to, and you know, I, you want to crank that car and you want it to go whenever you want. And that's not able, you're not able to get out of fossil fuels right now. And not even in your lifetime, it is a balance, and and this is a transition, and and solar is not bad. Solar is actually good, but it can it's. I completely 5% agree. Of, I, com- of, of I mean, look, here's the deal: well, at the end of the day, it's not it's not I mean, us versus them, no, fossil fuels versus us that. It's together. It's let's be a Prius. It, that's it. You know what I mean? Let's that's use it. a little uh, let's it. use a little battery. And let's what, use a little gas. What they can do in their own lives, and so it, it's an excellent, excellent program that I'm putting together. But it's so important to me that the next generation knows that. about it. So I do have a um, a new book I'm looking at to talk about the balancing of energy for kids and it's, I, I think the title is going to be renew able <laughs> i just think that renew instead of renewable renew able i dig that you need to be I renew like able yeah i like that a yeah. lot i want to talk about your second book okay is that all right absolutely actually it was it was your it was first, first book it, it was, was your first, first book so mm-hmm. this is released is september 1st 2003 right mm-hmm. um it's it's for sister mm-hmm. the guide for professional black women mm-hmm. okay so you wrote that in 2003 Right. When you obviously have so many other stuff going on, which is awesome. Okay. Can you give me the premise of that? And then I want to ask you, I guess, if you were to re-release that, what updates, if any, would you would you provide in that book? So I've gotten a lot of feedback, a lot, a lot, a lot of good feedback on that book, even from still today. I um just as the 
second book. I, I was looking for that book. I grew up in a very blue collar household. Right. I've been field engineer and been able to manage that and manage people and and kind of stand my own as 99.9% of the time. I was the only African-American, the only female out on a rig. So I've learned those skills, you know, how to... Um, to how to work with different type people, people okay. that were very different from me, how to manage them, how to engage and, and, and influence them. So I'd kind of gotten that down, that whole feel thing down. And then I went into sales. And that was different because I'd never been in a household where we did corporate dinners or galas or took clients to my, my dad never took a client to play. Yeah. Golf. Those entertaining. Yeah. And so to know all someone. of that was very different for me. And the, Corporate politics kind of got real, right? Because you're really trying to see, am I going to stay with this company? Who do I, you know, who's what's this about mentoring and who do you need to know and how do I, how to engage in a different world, very different from when I was um, being successful as a field engineer. And so I was looking for that book for someone with my background. What are some of the things that I need to do professionally? And I couldn't find it. Okay. And so I went and interviewed 10 of the most phenomenal African-American successful females I knew. And just what are you Here best? in Houston? Most of them were here in Houston. Okay. What are some of your best practices? What were some of your lessons learned? Okay. What are some of the things that you've seen that you would have done differently? How do you handle money? How do you handle uh, um, um, your, your manager? How do you handle if you feel like someone is harassing or someone is being treating you differently because you're a black female. Right. So all of this, I mean. And how do you handle customers? Too? How do you handle customers? How do you handle when you walk in the room and people automatically assume you're not the professional, you are the secretary or to ask you to bring them some water? Or if you are the professional, you got the position because you're a black woman. Exactly. We'll talk about that. In a little and bit. we'll talk about that too. So um, it was, it came out to be an excellent book and so many people. And, and then I was, um, active with National Society of Black Engineers. So I would go in kind of the speaker series, speaker circuit, and I would do a lot. Of, a lot of people were asking me to speak a lot, you know, having had these years in the field. And and so I would sell the book also. And um, Amazon was brand new. I put it out on Amazon and I sold the book. And I never went into a recopy of it. I never went into a re to the next edition. And if I were, because I heard this your question. This is the question. You know, I heard from so many people saying, this book is for everyone. You titled it for black women, but my daughter would need it too. Would I do one for all females? That's potentially that. The thing that I really, I was at this change about it. I was at this phase in my life where I was, I was going through a divorce. Um, and I was just so transparent, way too transparent, <laughs> you know? It's like I wanted to tell my whole story in a book, you know, things. And so I, I got disagree. into relationship stuff on there. I mean, I, I disagree. I think was <laughs> when I was going through my divorce, all right, that's when I was going to start being vulnerable, started uh -huh. talking to people, you uh -huh. know what I mean? And started kind of like, hey, like this is going on in my life right now. Like whenever I showed that vulnerability and kind of like, you know, not the standard like JP, you know what I mean? You start. That's when. That's when I noticed I started connecting with 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 my customers mm -hmm. a lot more. Uh huh. A you, lot more because you're 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 showing a new side, a true this side is of yourself. Truth, it was the true me. Yeah. For sure. I think that's important to do that. It, it is. It is. And it was a phase I went through. And and I I, I tell this one story about this guy that tried to um that, that kind of came on to me and tried to kiss me and I was like, eh. you know. And so 
HR came to me once, you know, and I'm like, so I'm just telling the story as an example. I handle this over, you know, it's one of those things that happen. And HR comes to me and says, Paula, we think we need to talk to you. And I'm like, about Uh-oh. what? We need to know who that was. And I was like, oh my God, it was an exact, you know, we're not, I'm, I'm not, not going doing down this that to road. Rat someone out. Exactly. That was something that I learned and I, you know, we moved on. Yeah, seriously. So, gosh. So it's like, Paula, I think you went just a little bit too in the true stories. Um, well, how, I guess, how would it be updated this day and age for black women? Um, so I think that a, I a lot of the women were close friends of mine who had impressed the heck out of me. My my doctor, my lawyer, my uh, my my best friend who was an entrepreneur and and her business was booming. And that's I, I probably would if I did it again, I would go global. I would go bigger. I mean, there are black women who have served on corporate boards. Black yeah. women. So I would probably have a mixture. We were all in our forties. We were all young mothers. You know, we kind of all had the same. Um, story yeah. back then. You're trying, was, to ba- was, you're trying to balance your home life. You got my, this. But I, I think I would, you know, get a diverse crew, a more, more global um, shell, just named the first managing director of a, a country in uh, in Africa. I would reach out to folks who have just been really impactful. Um, not that we weren't at the time and not that I wouldn't have some of those same dynamic females who've all grown in, in their in their own right since 2006. But I know now I have access to folks who have just done things to knock it out the park, you know? And so I could have some many, many more different and much more um, women who've had, who've just been at the table for a long time by themselves who would have some good stories. So it'd be a, so, it'd be more, ma- a, a more, more mature. mature, more mature. Okay. I, I, I think this is an excellent book for people coming out of college, but it's really not a good book for someone who has gone through what we had gone through with 10 years, 12 years of their career. They're, because they got their own, they're there. They got their own know? system. Exactly. And so I think that it, it, we could encompass a lot more folks who are at that mid-management level that I was at when I wrote the book um, by saying, you know, looking back, this is some things I would do differently at that level. I think, honestly, I know, you got, I know you're busy, but I'm just saying <laughs> you might want to put some time into that because I, I think that would be a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool update. Because I, I mentor a lot of um, young engineers and, and Slumberjay, and some of the things that I tell them now or definitely not in that book because I didn't know it then. So now, so it needs an update. Absolutely. It, you need, it needs, it needs an, another update. So <laughs> let's talk about it. We, we, we kind of brought that up a little bit right now. So in your career, obviously you're the, you know, uh, the, one of the, one of the only black females to graduate uh, in 87 in your class, mm-hmm. right? Petroleum mm-hmm. engineer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that kind of uh, uh, adversity out there because, you know, there's people out there that are listening that, you know, they're female, black, female, Chinese, whatever, whatever it is, like, how can people, I guess, I mean, how did you deal with the, the adversity of, you know, dealing with that crap about like, oh, this, be, you only got this because of this and this, not because of your merit. Because I, I, I was listening to Flipping the Barrel. I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of spill mm-hmm. this quite. That's what I do. When I get nervous, I ramble. That's no my hit. move. No. <laughs> okay. That, I invented that. Because I was listening to Flipping the Barrel and you were talking about like, you know, during your time off, I mean, you were strictly focused on your career. It wasn't mm-hmm. about like, you have a family and have mm-hmm. your daughter. Um, I didn't have any of that. And uh, and you during your time off, you would go 
get involved in projects. You would mm-hmm. go see what, okay, mm-hmm. um, look, I'm doing my, sh- my, my tower, whatever it is. I want to, I want to get involved in something else. So when you got promotions, there was a lot of upset, ruffled feathers because yeah. people are like, oh, you only got that because you're black female. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I was like, no, during my time off, when you were doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. I was working still. So how do you deal with that? So and what advice do you have for people out there? You know, I think I've lived my life and my career understanding that everyone has a different perspective, right? Right. Everyone, and and, and it's many, many times it's not the same as mine. One of, one of the things in those situations, I didn't ever feel a need to fight every fight. I've made the relationships that I needed to make. I started to understand politics. I started to understand, you know, I say I call the CEO for this position that I wanted only because I could reach out to him because on my days off, I would go up to New York and visit the corporate office if I'm in that town. So I definitely had relationships. I definitely understand or start to, it's never just um, one aspect. You know, there were a lot of guys who were smarter than I was, who would be offshore fixing tools and and I would be on the phone with the technician back at, at land, but I had that relationship, you know? Right. And so explaining to them that the reason they call me up into sales is because I go and visit all my clients. And I get it, you have a new baby and a wife, and and my boring life is all about slumberjay, but I may not be the best field engineer, but the fact that I spend time in my client's office. And so I really don't have a lot of time to explain that to you because if that's what you're, you know, running around hollering and they did, oh, she just got it because she was a black female. I, my answer is usually look up top. I feel like that's an look easy excuse. It's an easy excuse. And if you look up top, if you look at the, at the C-suite and if black females are getting all of this extra money promotions, top, look up top and where are they? Because they're not there. They're right. not on boards. They're right. not in the C-suite. And so it, that is not the answer to everything. Should we as a company, as all companies have d- diversity of thought, diversity of people, diversity of cultures, diversity of religion, you need all of that. Right. And you have to be intentional on getting it. You cannot say, well, I can't find, I can't, I just can't find any men from uh, South America, but we're going to, you know, we have plenty of clients and plenty of, but I just can't find, you have to be intentional. You have to make sure, and Slumberjay was big on this, making sure that where our profit, where we made our profit, we had faces from those same parts of the world. And you have to do the same thing locally, globally. You have to make sure everyone is at the table. That's a good business decision. And so if you find a talented African-American woman who needs to be at the table, you have to give them a chance. Just like you did your nephew, your neighbor, your folks down the street oh, who yeah. you were trying to help, who you gave a chance, who you you helped um, his career and you helped get him there and you helped train him because you knew it, you saw it in him and you gave him a chance. You have to do the same, same thing. thing. And there's no difference. And so having that long, drawn-out conversation with some people is so 
I, 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 I preach diversity. I preach making sure that women are a part of the thought process. But you also can't think, well, I've got a woman, so I know how all women think. Uh, oh, you don't. my God. First off. <laughs> You've never been married then, a, huh? As a, as a married man, I can tell you that's definitely not true. That's not true. I, can't, I don't even know how one thinks. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. So diversity is important, and it's important in this industry. And I'm going to tell you, JP, a lot of the... Um, arrows that we take in this industry, a lot of the strife and grief we take is because people don't know us. And people don't know us because we've been this fraternity. Thank you. We've only had so many people in. And so because people don't know our contributions and we never felt the need to tell it, you you know, you put on clothes, you took medicine, you got in a car, you got in an elevator. We, we did all of that. We know it. But no one knows us. And it's because they didn't work in our, you know, we don't have a large divert. We don't have a large enough diverse um, workforce or a client base or, you know, we have we have been very um, homogene, homogeneous. We've been we've been in a bubble. We've been in a bubble. And and Paula, first off, I I want to thank you for saying that because I completely agree. I actually put a a, released a article blog post, but article sounds more important. So I actually released something about that uh, yesterday about pretty much like, you know, when people think of the oil and gas industry, they're outside of the industry. They think of, you know, big oil suit ties, mm-hmm. white boys mm-hmm. with cowboy hats, mm-hmm. you know, dumping oil behind, you know, grandma Nancy's barn, whatever. But, you know, there's such an opportunity right now for all, us to tell our narrative. This you know what I mean? This is time. This is the time for us. You know, let's not wait for whatever the mm-hmm. media wants to say about us. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a huge opportunity for operators not to do these, you know, bogus, like, you know, put up housing frames on a Saturday where everyone wearing the same shirt, but tell the stories, tell who people are, who tell people, people are. you know, what is this person into? Like showcase the personality of the company. And it's, we don't have to hide that we're all in gas. No. You don't have to hide behind, oh, and we're, and we're doing um, this windmill project over here because that's not where our money is right now. That's not where, you know. We are looking for ways to make this environment thing work. We We've are done looking that for, for years. Ways. We've been doing it forever. Doing when CO2 capture. No- when I started at Noble, it was a uh, it was sustainability report. Yes, we've been in sustainability, but we also need to tell our story and the entire story that you know how much we've positively impacted the world. Right, right. How much we are working hard to for green technology. How we are looking for the top scientists and technologists to get us to our phase two, phase three, phase four. So this is our story and it's not something we have to be ashamed of. There's some things we need to change. There's some things that we are changing. You know, when you think about flaring and you think about fracking, that's every every industry. That's every industry. There are things that new technologies can completely, we've, we've seen, we've seen us close the door on one type of technology and go on to something new. And that's where we are. And we're ready. Uh, we're talking about it. We're writing sustainability reports. We are measuring how, yeah. how little uh, CO2 and how, how the positive impacts that we're making now. And we still have to say, but we are fossil fuel and we are oil and gas and we are the reason you are successful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I think that's so important too. I mean, you you know, you're talking about highlighting, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. I'm talking about just telling the everyday stories. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I think I think if you if people, you know, people in the gas industry think data wins arguments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. engineers, no offense, but you know what I mean. You I know, do. Like, well, well, you know, there's 
X amount of CO2 footprint per that. That's not going to win anything. No, it's hearts no. and minds. It's it's once you allow people to connect with you as a person and don't see you as a, you know, a faceless this or this, this, mm -hmm. or this, that tells our story. You know what I mean? So for example, this podcast, you know what I mean? Exactly. It's oil and gas. It's all blah, 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 blah. But you know, there might be, you know, a, a black, you know, female owner of a business that might listen to that. Like, Oh my God, only gas isn't all evil. It's they're not, you know, they're not bad. That guest is an idiot. I mean, not the yeah. guest, the, the host is an idiot, not the <laughs> no, guest, but you know what I mean? So that. it's like stuff like this, the, the way we're able to communicate our stories and tell us who we are as people. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that'd be no. the biggest impact. To put a face on it, to put yes. a face on it and people can see the true changes that we are planning to make, that we are currently making and that we've already done. No, I, compl I, I completely, I'm looking at my notes right now because I think uh, I wanted to, I want to bring it back to Petroleum Club of Houston okay. uh, before we wrap up because I know that there's a YPA lunch here and there's, there's stuff going on today. Um, yeah. It's, so I guess, again, for the advice right there for, you know, people dealing with adversity in the industry or even outside the industry, like what, what, what advice would you, because you, you said you, you pick your battles, right? I pick my battles. I do. My advice is to, um, for someone looking to join a club, my advice is to join this one. For someone looking for a career, the energy industry is just as it was 35 years ago, you know, I've been retired now a year. Um, when I joined, there's so much potential. There's so much room for growth. They need the best and the brightest technologists and scientists and engineers. So I always push people to this transition thing is real and it's going it need to needs to happen. It needs it's going to need some bright, bright minds, some folks who can can add to, to the current and help us get to where we need to be. Right. Um, so I, I strongly and always advise you look into the energy sector. I completely There's some good people. People There's, need it. I, to, to think that, you know, this little girl born and raised in Sunnyside, Texas, has been around the world two or three times um, because of this energy sector. And then I may be in a in an airport in Belgium and run into somebody and say, hey, how you doing, Nick? You know, and it's somebody that worked for a client, that worked for a slumberjay. That worked it's an for awesome community. You know, it's, this community is it's a small and friendly and and it's like, how does this little chick from Sunnyside end up in Belgium looking for the best candy in the airport and run into a friend. <laughs> that just doesn't happen in the real world, right? So it's the energy industry. It, and being around and in places where there's lack of energy, where there's lack, where there's high, high poverty and knowing that you are coming in and bringing solutions yeah. for families that will add to longevity, that'll add to health, that'll add to quality of life. It's really powerful. It's and, and and now add to our earth and our sustainability to be part of that solution. How yeah. exciting would that be? So if you're you know got someone that's in high school or looking to go to college or in college thinking about a career, there's a lot of solutions that need to be solved. You know, a lot of problems that need to be solved. That you could be a big part of the solution right here in this industry. So that's always I I'm, dig I'm that. A, I am a advocate for energy that. in our industry. I love that. So let's let's let's, let's go back to the Chillum Club right now. We've got okay. other stuff going on. Okay. okay. So so uh, first off, um, you've been a member of the Chillum Club. Were you a member when it was over the old place? So right after the move is when I came. So I never. Okay. I, I've been to the old place, but I was not a member when God, I was there. So many memories over yeah. there. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. The just the chandeliers alone. Oh, I know, <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. So, so let's, so pretty much, at, you know, at the club. I mean, it's 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 a new it's a new era right now because there's a lot of people that I'm talking to that are, that are thinking about joining that would never thought before. Right. You know right. what I mean? There's um, and I don't know what that is. So I guess what what, what would you? I, so how do I sell the club? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, if, if you were to pitch the club right now in the elevator, going mm-hmm, to the 35th floor. Mm-hmm. So great networking. If yes. you have a long-term plan for your career, for investors to make money, or just want to talk to really phenomenal, um, smart, intelligent people who are very successful, successful, you're going to run into them in this bar. Right. That'll, you know, that'll help you think about the direction you want to go with your business, with your career, with your education. So phenomenal people you run into. The networking is like none other. The fun. Next week, we have, we're have taking this whole club and making it into a putt-putt golf. <laughs> I'll be here for that. It starts at 2. It starts at 2. And so I have a team that's not filled. So if someone out there wants to wants to play, but I... The the fun, the laugh, the camaraderie, creativeness, the creativeness too. of the activities we have up here are excellent. And at the same time, the career based or the the speaker series, you know, bringing in professionals, and not to mention the food is pretty doggone good. Well, let's talk about the the bourbon collection too. Yes, very nice. You can smoke cigars inside, and we I have we grandfathered in. We have a. Um, a a great ventilator so you don't smell like smoke and you're smoking right up here on the 35th floor um the pictures the events the, just the history um, of this place oh and so and so history. so me being kind of a, a pretty bad golfer i i was in sales you know i mean mm-hmm. i am in sales we're all in sales yeah. um what i dig about is like okay either i can join a country club that's one country club and play golf with customers and all that stuff whatever that looks like or you know bring the wife and child and all that, whatever or I or can join the patrol, which patrolling club is not has, that expensive. No, and it's really not surprisingly great reciprocal club. That's what I'm. Th- that's what I'm bringing up. Houston with you. Oaks. Oh, there's right? Houston Oaks. There's Riverbend and Sugarland. Riverbend and Sugarland. So wherever you my customer, wherever my customer lives at, I oh you're in the Woodlands. Okay, well yeah. let's go up there. Exactly. We and have, you can play there. And not only reciprocal here in Houston, of course, the Midland Petroleum Club, the Lafayette Fort Petroleum Worth, Club, Dallas. the Dallas Petroleum Club, and not to mention clubs in London that New I've been York to. New York City. Clubs in New York City and Atlanta. So all around the globe, South America. So you join this one for a great value, and you, and you have access, access to so many other to stuff. Hundreds of other clubs that we have reciprocal and it's, and it's not with. just and it's not just petroleum clubs elsewhere they're like no. they're like whether it's like a different club or golf course or exactly, exactly. yacht club yacht what? club or th- that uh, clubs as a part of a hotel so you you get to a city and you check into the hotel and you get the private floors and the private clubs as part of your I mean your you talk stay. I mean that's a salesman that's right that's, that's a salesman toolbox right there Absolutely. oh I'm coming to town let's meet up here and mm-hmm. then play golf here like Absolutely. you can do that so I think I think that's a huge plug right there because a lot of people think oh it's well I don't work downtown or I don't do it it's like well it's a pretty impressive spot to meet customers and clients and network and all that but not only that you can also go play golf or do whatever you want to do at one of like the clubs. 700 clubs Absolutely. I love it I no it. that's phenomenal um the leadership, they have a great president at the currently at the Petroleum Club of Houston that has, is accessible to anyone. <laughs> we have excellent tables available for the 75th anniversary. But I tell you, JP, I'm really excited to see what the next 75 years will bring with us bringing in this youth and bringing in diversity and bringing in, you know, um, excitement 
right after COVID. Not to mention that we're pretty sanitized over here. There's, no, there's excitement. At, at, at First off, let's talk about the ladies' bathroom. So Is it gorgeous? Unbelievable. First yeah. off, I don't hang out in there. for well, you know, listen, They were cleaning it. They were cleaning it. I walked in. I'm like, this is bogus. How no. come we don't have a lounge in the guys' bathroom? You know, you know I have a teenager or a young adult, a uh, 21-year-old, and they always take these bathroom selfies, right? So I was here for seafood night, and I was celebrating my girlfriend's birthday, and we were in there. I said, let's take a bathroom selfie. You got to do you it. You didn't even tell it was a bathroom. It's so it's pretty in there. It's not a bathroom there. It's unbelievable <laughs> in there. Like, I would rather, like, I'll grab a cocktail and lounge out exactly. in there while they're cleaning it, of course. <laughs> Not creepy. Oh, creepy, creepy, JP. Man, Paul, I am so happy you were able to do this today. And the fact that, you know, you know, back in, you know, 1984, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't even know what petroleum was. And here you are sitting at the at the president of the premier, to me, it's the premier, it's the premier. premier networking uh, event out there. It's the fact that your career is just, I mean, obviously, if you want to learn about Paula's career. I mean, there's so many other avenues out there to learn. That's why we didn't touch on it today. <laughs> but um, the fact that you were, you know, didn't know anything about the oil and gas industry. Your dad makes you pursue a petroleum engineer degree. And now here you are sitting as the as the the first black president, the second female president, and we're about to celebrate the 75th, uh, 75th anniversary. anniversary. So you're a part of it. What a trajectory. What I'm a so trajectory. God is good. I um I, I truly believe it's it's hard work, you know, it's 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 making friends and being open to yes. everyone, you know, just really having some great guys, even here that have been so supportive uh, at the, at the petroleum club, at my university, at Schlumberger, you know, just mixing with good people and trusting God and trusting the process, you know, just it's making been a friends great with ride. People too. It's just been a great ride. I dig that. I really do. Paula, first off, I could talk to you probably for another hour because oh, yeah. I love this. Um, I know we got stuff to do, but I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Like, I really do appreciate it. Um, love your story. Love your position, your outlook, and you're caring about the, the community. And the community matters. And, community you know, matters. I don't call it oil and gas industry that much anymore. I call it oil and gas community. That's what we are. And it's, uh, I love your, you know, the, 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 all the work you do to, to, to for the children and all the boards you sit on and all that fun stuff. But uh, I just dig why you're doing it. I dig it. Thanks, I really do. It's, it's, it's not to get, you know above in this world or anything like that. It's because you care. It's because I can tell care. that. So I like that. So everyone, this is uh, Paula Harris. You can please, uh, you can find her on LinkedIn, shoot her a note, uh, say hello. And uh, if you have any questions about joining the club, I mean, talk to me, put me as a reference. I don't Absolutely. care. Absolutely. And they definitely can put me. I, exactly. Let's do that. It a little bit around here. So, so. Don't worry. Just a little bit. You. Just a little bit. So everyone, thanks <laughs> Thank for tuning you, in to Energy Crew. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Great. 